This is Comic Shanigans, episode 640, flashback to Batman 488. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 640. It's our flashback to Batman 488 episode. I am your host, Adam Chapman. This is the third episode I'm recording on January the 2nd. So even though by the time this comes out, it'll be a little bit later in the week, I will say anyway, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining me for this episode. This is a, a quick little flashback episode. Uh, recently, I um, was flipping through the pages of the Batman Prelude to Nightfall trade paperback. So I have, I think from 2012 to 2013, they reprinted uh, Nightfall and Night's End in these three gigantic trade paperbacks, um, which I was really happy to get. And then a few years later, they put it out in omnibus format, which I kind of took a pass on because I'm like, I already own all this material, although it did include what's now in the Prelude, as well as, uh, I believe, the, the Search, which had never been printed in um, uh, soft cover format up until that point. Now, this past year, they or 2018, I should say, and then continuing into 2019, um, they have been releasing new uh, recut collections. And now I'm not sure what the paper quality is, because I remember thinking, like, if the paper quality was better in the new collections, I might buy them. But they're doing the most kind of slimmer volumes than previously Nightfall had been done. But now you're also including Troika, um, uh, the Prelude and uh, The Search, which I don't obviously have in the original ones, as well as Prodigal. So there is a new material anyways coming out. So I was flipping through, actually, I think I bought digitally. It was a little bit of both. I flipped through and then I bought it digitally, the Prelude to um, to Nightfall. And I was flipping through it and I came across this comic and I was like, oh my God, I remember this. And it was Batman 488. So I thought, you know, what? I'll do an episode just talking about this issue and how I first kind of came to the issue. For years, I don't even know if I have it anymore. Like, it was one of those things where, like, I had it when I, again, when this came out, I would have been, I think, eight or nine. Like, I'd have to double check. It looks like it came out in January 1993. So I was nine years old, or I just turned nine. I turned nine in uh, November 82, uh, 92, I should say. Uh, so I was nine years old. I don't know how I got it. It might have been Christmas. Like, it, and I think it's cover date of January, so it probably came out two months before that. Yeah, it's cover date of January, so in reality, it probably came out just in time for my birthday when I was turning nine. So maybe I got it for my birthday, maybe it was a throw in my stockings, whatever. I don't remember how I got it. All I know is I definitely didn't buy it myself. Um, and then for years, like, I had it, but the cover had long since worn off, and it was just, you know, it's one of those things that I look back, and I'm like, that, that's what being a kid was. You had these comics, and you read them so much, and, you know, I have uh, issues of... Um, Maximum Carnage that are like slightly taped up at the cover, like because I read them so much and brought them everywhere. It didn't have plastic cases; that wasn't a thing. Like having them in in plastic and boards, that's not something I would do. Probably, I think until like ninety six, ninety seven. So that wasn't not for four or five years later. So th- this was, you know, you you got your comics, you read them, you brought them everywhere. You thought they were cool, anyways. So I looked at. So I, I was really enjoyed this issue, and I kind of have now re- reread it with a, a modern sensibility. I just wanted to talk about it because it's interesting, and also to give my impressions of what I was viewing of this as a kid. Now, as an adult, I know that this is really close to Nightfall. Um, obviously, it's in the it's in the prelude to Nightfall, so obviously, it's very close to Nightfall um, happening and, and starting. But at the time, I didn't know that as a kid. Well, first of all, no one knew that Nightfall was coming because that's not a, a thing that existed yet. I, maybe if there was, 
you know, I guess some previews magazine people might have known that it was coming soon, but I don't think at that point because um, I think the issue where everyone kind of was let free from um, Arkham Asylum is until I think 491, so this would have been three months later, uh, and that's kind of beginning what we now would, would know as Nightfall. And actually, the first proper issue of Nightfall uh, is in Batman 492. So again, I'm only four months away from Nightfall. Don't know that at the time. Even a few years later, when I bought the original. Uh, Nightfall trade paperbacks. This would have been in or late, early, sorry, mid to late nineties. Um, it just had basically from the beginning, so like you know the first kind of chapter to uh, I guess what Batman five hundred when Azrael actually takes over as Batman. That's all I had, um, so I didn't have anything else. So as a kid, so I, I didn't really understand. Like the reason why I think that matters to me is that a character here, Shonda Kinsolving, does not really appear in Nightfall. I don't think so anyway, or maybe not in any meaningful way, but then eventually shows up later. Um, so, I, you know, as a kid, a kid, you don't know any of that stuff. And so when I bought that in the mid to late 90s, I hadn't made the mental connection that, that this issue I had liked as just a few years earlier when I was, you know, quote unquote, a kid, um, was actually so connected to what was coming. Uh, and now going back and reading it is really interesting. Now, the cover, I, in my head, I always kind of made myself think that it was uh, Joe Quesada for some reason, but it wasn't, even though Quesada obviously designed the Azrael armor. Uh, this cover is instead, I believe, by Travis Charest, which I didn't know uh, literally until a few minutes ago when I looked it up, because I'm like, I always wondered who did this cover. Um, and it's a very kind of modern-looking cover, because if you look at even the interior work um, to 498, sorry, 488, I should say, um, the colors is do not pop in the same way. So they, they spend a lot more time with the, the colors really pop on the cover in a way that they do not in the interior artwork. Um, so I'm looking at what the DC Wiki shows the cover artist is Trevor Charest and Ray McCarthy. Um, so I guess they're the, the ones to uh, to thank for this. And uh, he's a cover artist, penciler, slash inker, so I don't know who did the colors on it. Um, but it really, really pops. And so it's got this cool shot of, of Tim Drake. And it's interesting, too, there was a whole period where Tim Drake... Supposed to be like you know young and a kid, but he definitely does not look like a young and a kid. And maybe it's also some of the artists like Jim Paro. I don't know if he really knows how to draw him that young, uh, but the cover definitely makes him look younger. And it's a cool shot of Azrael. But again, as a kid, I don't know who these people are. I know Robin because Robin's more noticeable, and Robin also has an icon in the upper left hand corner of the page. But I don't know who this Azrael guy is. So I really, I legitimately know nothing going in. And then um, you know the issue is called costumes. It's written by Doug. Doug Mensch, um, and it's got art by Jim Aparo, who also does the letters, which I'm like, that's a crazy amount of work. Like, not only are you doing the art, um, and again, art, he's doing the art. He's not, you know, he's inking himself. So he's doing pencils, inks, and letters. That's a tremendous amount of work. Um, and what is so interesting to me, going back and rereading this, is that this is such an interesting and specific version of Batman that I don't really things ever really existed elsewhere even in nightfall where you had an exhausted batman they didn't really play out kind of personal trauma and things going on in his head um not really anyway like it was more about you know the fact that he had just was pushing himself to exhaustion to defeat all these villains one after another after another and it was starting to break him um mentally he just wasn't going to be there because he was taxing himself so much both mentally and physically whereas this version of batman in this particular issue is much more distraught and messed up in the head and like he's the idea that they keep saying that he uh he see these nine sparks kind of that he sees in his head and uh and then he kind of 
falls over and like at one point he falls over on the the steps of the cave and then Alfred comes down to kind of you know bring him some some food and then just gets scared to scare shitless because he sees Batman just lying on the ground and then Batman kind of lurches up and scares the crap out of him and like it's it's such an interesting like this is not any version of Batman that most people have seen. And again, this is me at nine years old. This is the Batman I'm seeing. And this is just interesting to me because, like, I didn't read many real Batman issues at the time when I was a kid. I, I, I mean, I read Nightfall later, but, and I probably, I think from what I recall, I read some, like, some, some fellow classmates, I think, had Batman 500 and had the breaking of the bat. So I, like, I, I knew stuff was happening with Batman that was big, um, but I didn't really, I wasn't there kind of day one reading these issues um but so i have this one issue and it again it's been so interesting to me to go back over and reread this issue because it's again it's such a specific period of time for batman that is not like most other batman that you'll ever read about um so to kind of go over the plot of this issue you have you know Azrael exists as a character now john paul valley batman wants to make sure that you know he's you know trained the proper way and maybe can become more of a, of a hero and not a villain and not you know not a murderer uh so he's doing everything he can to kind of pull at the stop so he gets john paul valley a job with uh with wayne corp on the security force uh and then he asks robin to start training him and try to help him a little bit um, and Robin's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to do this. You know, uh, that's no problem. Batman's obviously having his own mental fatigue here. Um, so he's not doing so well. So Robin's happy to do it. Uh, John Paul Valley gets his job. Um, and then he, you know, goes home in the evening. Uh, he's happy to be wearing his uniform. This young guy, you know, graduate student, and finds Tim Drake waiting for him and basically says, you know, I'm Robin. I'm going to train you. Gives him uh, gives him an outfit. And uh w- while that's happening, we flash to Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's trying, and I would love now that I've been able to re-experience this issue. Um, to <laughs> I'd love to call up Doug Mensch again and say, "Please reread Batman 488. You wrote it; it was great. I'd love to pick your brain about this because it's got some really interesting stuff. The idea that you know you have Bruce Wayne, who's again we're used to seeing him in this very unflappable character. You know, he's meditating. He's trying to." You know, trying to figure out a way to enlighten himself and really center himself. So it's got this idea of he sees, you know, this this little black dot centered on a field of white, order, control. This is what he lacks, what he has lost, what he needs. He draws himself closer, watching the dot enlarge. But, but long before he can enter it, long before he can slip into the serenity of the void, the dot changes to a box, which springs open and overflows until the white field is awash in blood. And his heart jolts, hammered by failure. Like, that's crazy stuff. Like, especially, again, at the time, for a new Stan comic, like, that's a, you know, it's pretty, you know, interesting to have this character trying to get spiritual enlightenment, and then, you know, just having this image of this bloody box. Like, that's really profound and interesting. And again, reading it now, like, that's a very interesting version of Batman. And even the way that Jim Aparo draws Bruce Wayne's face is this absolute shock and horror. Uh, then we go back to Azrael and... Um, and Robin, and they're kind of, you know, learning and training, and they're experiencing what it's like to, you know, use grappling hooks, that kind of stuff, and 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 uh, do surveillance, and again, it's interesting to see, because obviously we all know where Azrael eventually goes, but at this point in time, as a kid reading this, or as anyone else reading this, you don't know that this character is eventually going to become, take on the mantle of the bat, like, that's so far away from being possible, but instead you got to see, you know, this team up between Azrael or John Paul Valley, I should say, and Robin, and it's really interesting to see. Um, and then at the end of the issue, you have Dr. Car- uh, Shonda Kinsolving uh, being called by Bruce Wayne, 
and basically saying, you know, he needs a complete physical exam, and, uh, you know, are you experiencing any specific symptoms? And he's like, severe symptoms, fatigue, exhaustion, burnout. And that's just how the issue ends. And I remember as a kid being like, well, what happens next? What happens to Batman? And, uh, I mean, now that I have these, this prelude, I can, you know, read what happens next with Batman uh, leading up to Nightfall. But, yeah, it's it's such a, it's such a interesting issue because it's so different. I mean, you have a bit of a physical conflict that you have uh, Robin and Azrael taking part in but batman himself doesn't show up much in the issue it's more about bruce wayne and dealing with these you know this ongoing complete exhaustion and breakdown before he goes into nightfall which again as a kid the, again this idea of this disconnect not realizing that this happens so close to nightfall and then having read nightfall kind of in in a vacuum i just kind of thought that nightfall is what made him like this but in, in reality like he was run down before that and we see that really being examined here and now i'm excited to read the issue two after this to see what you know his discussion with Sandra can solving even looks like because again that character ends up being a giant piece of how bruce wayne comes back from his injury which you know people have their feelings about how dumb that is um but one thing i want to make mention of as well is that this is jim oparo artwork so this is the first real batman comic i've probably read as a kid and it's by jim oparo and man it's classic looking like there's just something about his design work, um, the way that Batman looks, like he really nails the looks of these characters. And I realized that like Jim Aparo's Batman is so iconic for a reason. Like it's just he's such a great bat artist. The way that he illustrates Batman makes the the cape and the cowl and like it all works. And even his Robin, his action, like it just it's exquisite artwork. It's really fantastic, and he really sells the physical issues that Bruce Wayne is having as well. So I I cannot say enough how much I enjoyed this and it was really excited to kind of go back to uh, my childhood to experience you know what I was feeling what I was thinking uh, when I read this book and it was really interesting so it was, this was a fun experience for me um, this might have been completely boring for you the listener but I hope you got something out of it and you should go check out Batman 488 or I think you can probably pick it up singly and uh, on the digital and uh, or you can pick it up in the prelude to Nightfall um, uh, trade paperback I believe I, I guess I got it because I think it was on sale in Comicsology as part of their ho- their holiday sale. Not Halloween sale, holiday sale. Anyways, I do recommend it. So you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again. Happy New Year, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.